Welcome to the Lola Community Podcast. In this podcast, we will have questions, quotes, and conversations between different people, and your host will be Pleasant Selecki. Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, guys. It's Pleasant. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's really such a blessing and such a wonderful part of um, our community and the work to be able to do this with you. If you love our podcast, I'd appreciate if you would share it with a friend, write a review, share on social, um, really helping us spread the messages and the wisdom and the teachings of our lovely, beautiful, authentic community. You can also support the podcast financially right here on the Anchor app or in iTunes, and you can leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear your voice. Chime in, give me a comment or a question. Send our guests um, a question. Send Sailor for her meditations a question or a comment or feedback. We love, love, love hearing from you. Thanks so much for all your support. And uh, Om Shanti, peace to you all. Okay, welcome Jenny to the Lola Community Podcast. And I invited you to come on to speak um, today and give us some information about EFT Mm -hmm. and tapping. But then I also know that kind of moving beyond tapping that you have been doing more past life work. Um, yes. And so I'd love to talk about the progression a little bit and sort of where mm. you are, w- how that journey really happened for you. Exactly. Well, I guess um, as most people, when they have a big shift in their life, it's usually from some sort of um, trauma or ta- tragedy or, you know, the, the dark soul of the night sort of thing. Uh-huh. And I, I had that when my mother died suddenly when I was about 31 or 32. I had three young children. And um, after that, I'd always been, um, you know, I'd, I'd grown up going to Sunday school and church and um, I started to delve into my spirituality and what were near-death experiences and what was, you know, what, what happened after you died and I was gifted a, um, a session with a clairvoyant and, um, you know, my sister had, uh, her birthday on the day mum's mum's, um, celebration of life was, and, um, she'd been told lots of things that came directly from my mum. And so I knew that there was life after death and that there was this communication. I'd also done, um, Uh, I was also having uh, trouble with the marriage and my marriage broke up Mm -hmm. soon after. And it was after that, like I'd been with my my ex-husband since I was 15. So it was like he was part of my identity growing up as who I was. Um, And for that to then disappear with three small children, no mum, you know, it was, it was like, what's going on here? What's, what's life all about? Why am I here? And, um, it was in that time period in a couple of months after my marriage broke up that I met this guy and it was an instant um, connection. He was 10 years younger than me and um, we ended up talking about all things spiritual and what was this connection. And then we did past life regressions together and 
what happened was I went back to my last past life, which was um, in the American Civil War. And um, I remember I can still see this beautiful plantation, white plantation home. Um, and my father was um, a colonel of some sort or a very well-respected man, plantation owner, all dressed in white. And um, my husband was this guy and, uh, that I'd just met. And he was my husband in, in that past life. And he was going off to the American Civil War. And um, my, my dad was, was encouraging him and I was pregnant and I was not happy that he was going away to war and he promised me that he would come back. So he made this soul level promise that he'd come back and yet he died. And so it was like in this lifetime, his soul was keeping up that promise that he would come back. And when we connected, it was very powerful. But he also said, um, don't get attached. I'm not here for long. So it was a very powerful reconnection at a soul level. And it made me start looking into the soul level stuff. And so um, as the universe does, it gave me a back injury. <laughs> I had spinal surgery. Um, and I was moving house and all of this sort of stuff. There was a whole lot of stuff going on. And um, I ended up having a Reiki session with my Reiki master and she gave me um, Reiki and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm reading many lives, many masters again. Have you ever read that book by Brian Weiss? Yes. One, of my, one of my most favorite books. Yeah. And I just said to her, I'd really love to do hypnotherapy one day. Mm -hmm. And she just made this comment on oh, my sister's doing a hypnotherapy course at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'll get the details. So next thing you know, synchronicities because I wasn't going back to work full time. I was enrolled like the next weekend in this hypnotherapy course with my back injury, standing at the back of the class most of the time because I couldn't sit. Mm -hmm. And um, over those couple of years, I did this hypnotherapy, which is when I also got introduced to EFT. So it was all very synchronistic the way it occurred. So um, then I started combining um, hypnotherapy with EFT um, and at the same time on my spiritual journey, I'd been led to the, the work and the teachings of Cryon. Mm -hmm. um, and Cryon kept teaching that it wasn't just good enough to go into past lives to heal past traumas, but, but that was um, something that was needed to be done, that our Akash or our past lives were stored in the multidimensional layers of our DNA, which is what scientists used to call junk DNA. Mm -hmm. um, and that we could not only go back into past lives and heal past traumas and unfinished business and things like that, but we could also go back and find the gold. And he termed that mining the Akash. So going back and finding the great experiences, the wisdom, the knowledge, um, and bring that back and activating them in the current life into your current DNA, your biological DNA. So I just started doing all of that. Um, I trained in past life regression and hypnotherapy as well. And um, I started combining my EFT, looking at who are we as a soul? What at a soul level are we learning? Um, why did our soul choose to have our parents or to have these circumstances? What is the higher learning and lesson that we're supposed to be having from this? So I started connecting with um, 
you know, our past lives and our death scenes and our trauma scenes and then going up into the higher learning and lesson and then getting what's the higher learning and lesson from that lifetime and why have my guides and higher self taken me to that? What's the relevance of it for me now in this life? So it's been very powerfully affecting people's souls and people wanting to know why am I here? Why is this happening to me? Why do I have this recurring pattern and belief and where does it come from? And often, um, well, no, I wouldn't even say often, it's always come from past lives as well because it's in this lifetime for a reason for us to step through it. We haven't cleared it yet. Mm -hmm. Can people do that on their own without the help? It just yeah. takes, does it just take it, longer? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit harder. It depends on how much you're used to, you know, meditating or doing past life stuff or, or being able to get there yourself. Sometimes people have very uh, profound dreams that are of past lives or, um, or have very strong intuition or sometimes people have gone to, you know, clairvoyance or past life readers and they've said oh i see you in in this scenario and i always say to people well if that lands with you if that really resonates with you emotionally and at a core level then that's what we will work on but if it's somebody just saying this and it doesn't land on you it doesn't resonate with you then you know maybe it's not but we always work on what comes up for people and what people intuitively feel like in my workshops, for instance, I will say to people, do you have an affinity with a certain culture or a certain country or a certain food? Um, and often they will go, yeah, I'm fascinated with medieval times or I'm fascinated with, you know, um, one lady in my book, she was fascinated with, she, she was Asian, um, Malaysian and living in Australia, but she was fascinated with old English big band, um, you know, the war years in England, that sort of stuff. And of course, as soon as we went into past life regression, that's where she went. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's like I had this moment I want to ask what it looks like to go into past life regression, like what that really means in terms of what the actions are. And so people can kind of wrap their head around it, but also, mm-hmm. um, hearing you say that, uh, probably, two or three years after my first yoga teacher training, Mm -hmm. um, there was a teacher who came to Washington and we hadn't really had a teacher like her in the area before, meaning she was Indian. She was actually Hare Krishna and she brought a lot of chanting and food and she'd host, she hosted this night and I took two of my friends. I said, come with me. This new teacher is hosting this kirtan and I've never been and I don't know Mm -hmm. what it's going to be like but let's go and Mm -hmm. Jenny I walked in the room oh I have the chills right now even thinking about it I walked in the room Mm -hmm. and I heard the harmonium live and the Mm -hmm. the chanting Mm -hmm. and all I felt was a vibration of being home yes and it was the most familiar Mm -hmm. sound and environment yet it was nothing like my sort of I was um, crossing the line between sort of like modern Mm. external job like you know kind of I look like very stereotypical American life and so this was Mm. this transition period where I started experiencing new things but when I walked in that room 
Mm. It was like, I'd been there my whole life. I knew this. I knew it all. And yeah. my friends were kind of like looking at their watch, like, can we go to the bar now? You know, they were like, this is fun. <laughs> Let's go. You know, they didn't have that mm. same experience and I didn't know what was happening. And now, yeah. um, just kind of putting all those pieces together, it's, mm-hmm. there's something related to. Yes. Yeah. So you've had you know. definitely past lives in yeah. India and yeah. oh, that yeah. standing, et cetera. So, yeah. you know, that would be something if I was working with you, we would, we would explore and, um, and go to that memory of yeah. this life and how that felt for you and then ask guides and higher self to take you yeah. to other lifetimes. But always I ask our guides and higher self to take us to where we need to go for our highest learning and lesson in this yeah. life. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, and we will often, so it's not me leading. I'm, I'm just the facilitator um, going on the journey with you where your yeah. guides and higher self are taking you. Um, and it's a privilege and an honour to be in that space with people where they're going into that, that amazing space of higher learning and lesson as well in, in between lives or even as we're in another life. And mm-hmm. as a lot of the spiritual teachers say is that um, there is no past, it's all now. And when we're in that past life, so to speak, yeah. that other lifetime, when we're in that in the now, we can actually change it in the now. And sometimes mm-hmm. we've done that as well so that we've gone from a very traumatic place into higher learning and lesson, mm-hmm. rising above it into spirit and getting all the higher learning and lesson at a soul level. And then we've taken it back down into that traumatic time and place in that lifetime and we change it in the now, we apply it. And then we see how the lifetime changes and shifts and it changes and shifts in the now as we're there living it. Ah, so many questions. Okay, so <laughs> I want to know, do you think everybody has access to this gift? Um, I think so. However, some people, it takes a bit longer to get there. It depends on um, how much of their left brain and analytical mind gets in the way. But mostly people who come to me have read my books, you know, the tapping into past lives was the first book and then your past life inheritance. And um, when they've read the books and they've seen and they've resonated with something and they, and they're curious and they, they have a reason for wanting to do the work for themselves. They're normally at a place where they're ready to do that because they're on that path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and right. And they come to you because it's this sort of series of like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So yeah. let's, can we talk about real, like your real life, everyday life? How did mm-hmm. your children respond to this? Because this happened while you were raising them, right? You didn't yeah. always mm-hmm. have this gift that you were using. So how did yes. your friends and family respond to you? Were you working before you did this? And tell me a little about um, that transition. Yeah, well, I was, I was a, a an occupational therapist and um, while I was doing that and and I started to slow down my OT work and um, slowly increase my EFT and hypnotherapy work but more and more it became EFT work um, I'd had my own business as an OT working with veterans and um, when I first saw EFT 
and the profound effect it had on veterans with PTSD. I started working with mm -hmm. veterans mm -hmm. um, because I was already working with veterans with my OT work. So um, that's sort of how I got into the clinical EFT area was I was, um, I was talking to Dawson Church by email through um, the work that, and the research that he was doing with veterans and PTSD with EFT. And um, I interviewed him a couple of times. I let him know that I was emailing the Australian government and all that sort of thing about EFT for <laughs> for veterans and PTSD and um, out of nowhere Dawson decided because this is when Gary Craig retired to um, create EFT universe clinical EFT training and he invited trainers um, to the trainers training in Santa Rosa California um, and I was the only one invited from the southern hemisphere so I felt that was a real honor and that's when I became an EFT universe clinical EFT trainer in 2010 and it was being able to run and train people you know I'm an introvert by nature um, however running small groups and trainings yeah. I just felt I felt was my purpose and and where I belonged and it gave me the confidence to then step into the spiritual side and create quantum EFT for the soul um, and write the books and and I actually had lots of synchronistic events happen with <laughs> Lee, Lee Carroll who channels Cryon where I was able to spend lots of one-on-one -on -one time with him and he I explained how the teachings of Cryon said you know to to do this work but he didn't say how and I said I can see that using the meridian points and tapping is a perfect way to then tap in the the good stuff, you know, um, connect it with our biological DNA from the multidimensional through the meridians and through the magnetics of the meridian system. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, perfect, go for it. You're the one to do it. You've done past life regression and tapping and teaching and write the books, do the workshops. So that's what happened. <laughs> Little push from spirit. Was anyone in your personal life resistant or I like, eye rolling or like anyone like what's oh, yeah. happening so, out there yeah yeah so like i didn't even answer your question about family did i <laughs> i got sidetracked so my kids That's okay. are now, it's so interesting and i, I love yeah. all of it but it's so rich and i you know you've mm. done so much i want to mm. yeah that. so people would eye, eye roll some of my family you know i've got um some people in the family who are born again christians so to speak mm. and um so they're, they're the not irony. So I'm sure you could talk to them a lot about past lives with the born uh -huh. Christian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, you know, they, I don't know that my family have all read my book. Some of them have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even know if my daughter has. Um, my, I think my eldest son has, but I don't know if my youngest son has. Mm -hmm. But it's um, basically you just get on with your purpose and um, mm -hmm. people either... Uh, agree with it or they don't it's their own soul journey and um, yeah uh, even people in the clinical EFT world you know Dawson is a very spiritual person and he's done 
quantum EFT and past life regression with me and had an amazing session and, and done a testimonial on it. Mm. But at the same time, he's trying to get clinical EFT yeah. into the right. American Psychological yeah. Association. Yeah. So he says, I can't really be yeah. seen yeah. at that level yeah. to be um, connecting with past life stuff. Mm. Um, you know, the, there's people in Australia who, are, you know, Dr. Peter Stapleton, she's amazing with the, the research she's doing with tapping and um, EFT and the science. And um, uh, I know that she's very much believes in the spiritual side of it and the past lifestyle side too, but she's not openly seen to be yeah. connected with that as well. Yeah. So there's still a lot of um, what I call uh, people in, in the cupboard spiritually that yeah. haven't come out yeah. they believe it privately but they don't believe they don't publicly stand for yeah. what they believe um you know uh, even the world tapping summits on at the moment yeah and when i spoke to jess um, because other people that had been guests on the world tapping summit said you should contact them you should you know be in there doing the spiritual side and um the past life side and um when jess got back to me a couple of years back she said you know i believe in all of this myself personally but i don't think we're ready to go out yeah. there publicly with it and i said fair enough when you're ready you know where i am so you know there's a lot yeah. of resistance still yeah. out there in yeah. the world where yeah. people aren't ready to openly embrace um their spiritual side and what's yeah. going on because there's still a lot of fear around it yeah. Why do you think? What are we so afraid of? Well, Kryon talks about that and it's in our Akash. It's part of our past lives when we were into what people would call the woo-woo or they were afraid, you know, the, the witch hunts, the, the, um, the stuff that people were afraid of in other lifetimes and you were persecuted and killed for that then yeah. the, a, a big part of your DNA is screaming out, don't do that again. That's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go there out. Don't show yourself publicly to be doing that. It's okay to be doing that in secret. Yeah. But if you get found out, if you get publicly recognized for that, you know, your head could be yeah. on the chopping block. So that's part of our DNA and our cash. Yeah. It's part of our spiritual awakening. Um, you know, it took Dr. Brian Weiss a long time to step out of, um, what will my colleagues think? Mm -hmm. as well, a and just that fear, I've heard that before from people that I've worked with when I've asked mm -hmm. about fear and, um, and what happens kind of like this mm -hmm. claiming power or playing big is often like what people, yes. how we talk about it too. Yes. Um, and we, we had this long discussion that depending on your lives, um, you may have done that a lot of times. So it's even more deeply ingrained, the fear, and and yet you're still open to it. It keeps happening in terms of yes. being open to recognizing and being open to possibility because yeah. it's so connected. So I it, I love it. Mm. <laughs> like, there's there's a really good um, Cryon parable um, that's on the Cryon website, which is K-R-Y-O-N.com. Mm -hmm. And then you go to free audio and then the parables. And there's a really great parable called past lives, present fears. Mm. And one of the past lives that Cryon describes is, um, the, the, and he says, many of us old souls have lifetimes as monks and nuns yeah. where we've yeah. served, 
Um, But we've been in servitude. We've been the sheep, not the shepherd. And it's been ingrained into us that we are not the leader. We are not the shepherd. We, we have to bow in servitude. And so there's many, many old souls who have that spirituality uh, and that draw to spirituality. However, they don't want to be the leader in their field. They don't. So they keep themselves very small. And that's probably one of my biggest passions is to get these people who have these amazing gifts um, and amazing healing abilities, but they keep themselves very small because of these fears. And I want these people to get their gifts out to the world um, so that others can have access to that. So that's my main aim is to have these people step out of the spiritual closet um, and be happy and free and confident to put themselves out there. Um, Can you, we haven't really said specifically what EFT is, Mm. how it works and who, that's actually how I met you was calling you about my daughter and then having my Mm. husband call you Mm -hmm. um, about doing some specific EFT. So can you talk a little bit about EFT and what it is and who it's good for, where it came from? Mm. So clinical EFT is um, a a term that Dawson has used because in all the clinical research, it's um, EFT has to be used the same way. Mm. And it was, it came from, um, thought field therapy originally and Roger Callahan, where he noticed that tapping on meridian points would shift um, phobias, especially he he tried it with um, a lady who had a severe water phobia Mm. and he'd tried hypnosis. He'd tried everything. Um, And she said that she felt sick to the stomach every time she went near water or thought about water. So he had her tap on the under the eye point, which Mm -hmm. is the end point of the stomach meridian. Mm -hmm. And her fear disappeared and he thought, wow, there's something to this. And so he started creating um, different algorithms, different um, Mm -hmm. sort of recipes of which points to tap in which order for different um, emotions. Mm -hmm. And then Gary Craig came along and just, put all of those algorithms together basically just tapping all the points together for for memories because in memory in an when you think of a specific memory all those parts of the brain what you saw what you heard what you felt um are activated into that memory and then the brain has a conditioned response now if that conditioned response is one of fight or flight which um, the amygdala, the hippocampus, sends messages to the adrenal glands and you have cortisol, adrenaline pumping through your system, your heart's going crazy, you're sweating, um, you're in fight or flight. And what we've noticed with tapping is that um, just like acupuncture, tapping on the meridian points instead of putting needles in sends a pulse through the meridians and clears the blockages of energy and tells that part of the brain to down, stand down, like calm down, stand down, you're okay, you're safe, relax. Mm-hmm. And it switches off that sympathetic nervous system response, mm-hmm. switches off the adrenaline and cortisol, mm-hmm. and it switches on the parasympathetic response which then allows DHEA, which is the cell repair hormone, to flood into the body. Mm-hmm. So most people want to 
be in a state of health rather than a state of dis-ease. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if you're in a state of fight or flight a lot of the time, uh, stress response, then you're in a state of dis-ease and you don't have the cell repair hormone floating in your, around in your body. So the body isn't able to heal itself or repair itself. And so when you're in a state of disease, you then welcoming, you know, and have the perfect culture for disease. Mm -hmm. So who wouldn't want to yeah. be in a state of relaxation and yeah. be in a state of my body can heal itself now? Mm -hmm. I noticed that when we did, when you did the technique with Sailor, and I've seen this with other people, is that there's these, the affirmations that you sort of say. Mm -hmm. and um, I would think that if you said aloud what you're afraid of, that it would bring more of what you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. So why do we say what we're afraid of? Like, um, even though you, you know, the script, obviously, yeah. better even, than even though I've got this fear of spiders and it makes yeah. me my skin crawl or whatever, yeah. you know, people are often saying, um, Oh, but that's a negative belief. I don't want to put a negative affirmation out there right. to the universe. However, it's not a negative affirmation. It's just stating what's there. Yeah. So in stating what's there, as well as tapping, when we're focusing on what we don't want or what is already there, that state of stress, then and tapping at the same time, we're actually processing it. So we're actually turning, we're tuning into that negative condition stress response. And as we're tuning into it and tapping, we're telling that brain, that part of the brain, relax, you're okay. When you remember seeing what you saw, when you remember hearing what you heard, when you remember feeling what you felt, it's okay, you're safe, relax. And it counter conditions that conditioned stress response to a relaxation response. So that then when people tune into that memory again, they don't have the fight or flight response. They have a counter-conditioned response, which is that of relaxation. So to me, it's almost like there's this, this acceptance or awareness of what's mm. really happening. And that yeah. that's why it makes a difference. And I remember when um, you worked with my husband on needles, uh, mm. that I went in the morning of and said, and I was tapping over him and said, even though I'm afraid of the needles. And he was like, no, don't say that. You know, he was like, stop, stop. I don't want to hear it. And I was mm -hmm. laughing. I was like, no, that's what we do. Like you have to acknowledge, you can't bypass mm. it. Like this is part mm -hmm. of it. And just like thinking positively doesn't always work if your actual yeah. body is sending a different message. And I think yeah. that just kind of putting the pieces together, that's why something like law of attraction and just positive thinking doesn't work for everybody because the, there's these signals inside of the body that are sending something totally mixed. So exactly we're working with both, you know, all of that. Yeah. You can say positive affirmations till the cows come home, but yeah. if your energy and your subconscious yeah. is yeah. Um, completely focused on something else yeah. or it's pushing down something else, mm -hmm. then the true affirmation is, is what's being pushed down or yeah, what's yeah. really carrying the energetic charge. And we call that tail enders. So, you know, you can say um, a positive affirmation that um, what's one that we work on sometimes um, money flows to me easily. Yeah. Right. But the tail ender might be, yeah, but it goes out just as fast. You yeah. Know, it's, that, <laughs> it's that yeah, but, or it, and it's, 
and then that is it's that tail ender that subconscious um the part the energy charged part that is really the affirmation right so right. um you right. need to actually work on that so where right. did you learn that where did that come right. from that belief how did you get that energetic charge where does it come from and then being going able to go back to the actual memory and event where that that negative belief and negative charge was set up and then counter conditioning it taking the charge out of it that's when whole belief systems get changed mm-hmm. whole whole um conditioned responses at a subconscious level get changed yeah at an automatic level um like rtt do you do rtt or no the rapid transformational therapy it's hypnotherapy right okay yeah. yeah, well, there's yeah. a lot of hypnotherapy involved yeah. with EFT because yeah. the subconscious brain is yeah. brought into, um, into the picture when, when we're tapping. All yeah. the research shows that the brain waves go into the subconscious range. So yeah. I, I will often call EFT waking hypnosis. Yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah. I've been learning and studying and teaching little bits of this intro, uh, especially because I do find that with the mainstream, okay, so things are rising in terms of mainstream awareness with yoga and meditation, right? And and tapping, <laughs> and ta- and tapping, right? Lots of lots and lots of wonderful holistic ways of healing and working with our bodies and ourselves. At the same time, that stress and distraction and overwhelm in and I live in Washington, so in mm. political situation is heightening, and mm. it's kind of like they're both going super fast, and so. The reason I say that is I have women in our community who've been doing yoga for 20 years and are super anxious and are reliving same pattern, pattern, pattern. And so now that I've been in the field for so long and I can see these habits and patterns and I study Ayurveda and Ayurveda has a very similar approach to all of this in terms of what the wisdom says. It's, it pulls all, it's all saying the same thing. So I have been learning how to work with the mind and the body and nature and all that very slowly over the past 20 years. And that's, that's done a wonderful job. But mm-hmm. I, in, in honor of my students in our community, it was like, I've got to find some resources for them because mm-hmm. this thing, this, these yoga classes are no longer relaxing and restorative. Mm-hmm. They're power, they're hot, they're sweaty, they're fitness. And mm-hmm. they're not having the same impact um, yeah. on our environment and our students. And so now putting together these pieces where, you know, I'll, we'll record this and we'll put this on the podcast and then someone will come to me over the next, you know, six to 12 months and say, I don't know what else to do, you know? And I'll say, go listen to this episode. Cause we're talking about a lot of different ways to get into that subconscious. So I guess what I want to know is who is, who is a good candidate for an EFT and who is a good candidate for the past life regression? What do you see? It be um, good for and, yeah. and how does it show up in their life? Well, often what I do is we look at EFT first for okay. anyone who's having any, <laughs> any awareness that there's a repeat or a sabotaging behavior or an anxiety mm-hmm. or a stress going on in their life. So anyone who's feeling stressed, feeling anxious, feeling helpless, feeling powerless, feeling like there's no joy and spark and enthusiasm and passion in life, then EFT is for them. Um, But what I do with all of my clients is 
I always use the wording, whether they have a spiritual, um, a conscious spiritual acknowledgement or not, is that we, we release it all the way back to its origin mm. in this life and all lives. So I will put that wording in and people, whether they believe it or not, they're still speaking it out loud to their cells and to their DNA mm -hmm. that I, I want this released once and for all, all the way back to its origin in this life and every life, every time I've ever experienced this mm -hmm. pattern of behavior, this mm -hmm. feeling, this belief, whatever it is. Um, and often when we're doing that, um, even people who don't consciously believe in past lives, like there's a really great story in, in my first book, Tapping Into Past Lives, um, it, it will clear for them. It, there's this guy who was doing my clinical EFT workshop um, and he had this abandonment issue and he said, I've worked on it all the way back to birth um, through every time I've ever felt abandoned. And um, synchronistically, he was sitting in a workshop. You know, we had a, a U-shaped chairs, right, Ch chairs and tables. And he was sitting opposite um, a woman he'd just been going out with and she'd recently dumped, dumped him. So abandonment. And he was staring her in the face for the whole <laughs> four days, right? So talk about the universe um, mm -hmm. really bringing forth what needs to be worked on. So mm -hmm. on the last day, I said to him, are you willing to work to this all the way back mm. to its origin? He said, I've worked back to birth, back to conception in utero, all the rest. And I said, are you will willing to go to, to its origin to release it? And he knew I was getting to past lives. He said, but I, I don't believe in past lives. I'm not a past life kind of guy. Well, his, his words, right? But as we got tapping into it and we, we were affirming that we're releasing it all the way back to its origin, he just started crying with all of this emotion coming up and he said, I'm an Aboriginal and the bone's being pointed at me. And at the same time, his consciousness would say, but I'm not a past life kind of guy, but I'm an Aboriginal and the bone's being pointed at me. So, you know, the bone being pointed at an Aboriginal is your you're abandoned by your whole community. You're sent out into the bush to die. That's abandonment at its highest level. And that's what had occurred for him. And we cleared it. And even though we were tapping and, you know, part of his consciousness is still saying, but I don't believe this, but his emotions and his energy, he was crying with the emotion of it all. And it just popped in because he had the intention to clear it all the way back to its origin. Mm -hmm. And this is quite typical of people who, who don't see or feel past lives. You know, I had a lady recently who did a workshop and part of the quantum EFT workshop is connecting with guides and higher self. And um, we do a, we do a psychometry exercise where you hold on to something of, of another person's and um, tune into guides and higher self and, and so to speak, read it. And she was getting nothing practice after practice, just nothing. It was just a blockage. And so we started tapping on that. We did quantum EFT for it. And all of a sudden, all this emotion, you know, trying to find out where this blockage comes from, this fear of tuning in and getting connected with guides, higher self spirituality. Um, it went to a past life where she was gagged 
um, and tortured for speaking her truth and her spirituality and we released it all and later on in the workshop we did psychometry again and all this stuff just started coming in for her it was just easy she said I can see it this is amazing where did this all come from mm -hmm. and so sometimes we need to release the blockages yeah who then allow all of this stuff yeah. to come through but it is available to everyone and I would say if someone feels like they're, this is like what I love about Buddhism is if they say, well, I don't believe it and I don't know. And it's like, just try it. See how it feels mm -hmm. for yourself. <laughs> That's all mm -hmm. Buddha yeah. says. It's like, don't take my word for it. Like, see how it feels and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I think um, I wrote down some more questions. Um, what, mm -hmm. and then I want to respect your time since mm -hmm. it's the middle of your work day and I'm going to bed because you're in Australia. <laughs> um, what does your daily, do you have daily rituals or practices or your own teachers that you work with to keep yourself <coughs> clear or open or healthy um, to be able to do this work? Yeah, mostly <laughs> it's my intention and um, the way I speak to my guides and my higher self. Um, and sort of the, the soul, what's the soul learning and lesson in this? Why, why am I triggered by this? Where does this come from? So it's always, it's an intention that I live with. Um, so I don't so much sit and meditate. Cryon mm -hmm. um, talks about it as being able to be in a state of connection with higher self and a state of meditation and calmness mm -hmm. that, people notice you know, you know I had a friend staying here like last night from New Zealand and um, I live an hour to an hour and a half away from the airport mm -hmm. so I took her last night to an Airbnb right near the airport because she had to get up very early um, and then on the way home she's ringing me oh my god I've left my passport at your place come back and get me what am I going to do and I was just calm and at ease and no panic. And it's like, that's all right. We'll work it out. Come back to my place. We'll get up early. You'll get there. It's all fine. And, you know, when dramas and traumas and things are going on around me, I don't, I don't get connected to the drama and the trauma of it. Did you used to? Yes. Yeah. So you and notice so, a shift in how you respond. Yeah. 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 And so people are, um, People notice that about me mm -hmm. when there's dramas going on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's more of a state that I'm able to be in because, you know, I've traveled through many hundreds of people's lives and past lives where they've had traumas and dramas and deaths mm. and the higher learning. And then they come back and it's like, don't sweat the stuff because it's all small in a state of a soul. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what, what's the soul learning here? Um, I remember the question I want to ask you was when you said we cleared it, what does that mean for people who are wondering? So clearing it at an energetically level, at a spiritual level, at a, a soul level, at a conscious level, at a subconscious level, at an energetic level. So that's what I love about quantum EFT for the soul is that we're not just clearing things consciously and subconsciously and energetically. We're clearing things at a soul level mm -hmm. um, as well as all of those other levels, physically, energetically, consciously, emotionally, 
subconsciously. Is that by going back to the memories? Is that by naming it? Is that by just going back through the experience of it? Is that yeah, what, and, when you're and actually about clearing? Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 Shifting the whole um, reaction of the experience mm -hmm. so that the reaction isn't one of fight or flight. The reaction isn't one of a negative belief. The reaction is one of a higher learning and understanding. And the reaction is one of, of relaxation, of at ease, of understanding. There's not only a cognitive shift, but there's an energetic shift and yeah. a spiritual understanding shift. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure because everybody thinks differently, and and yeah. in, you know, in um, there's clearing in yeah. some it of the yeah. more controversial. It doesn't mean that you you haven't cleared the memory, but. The memory might be there, but there's no emotional attachment to it. And yeah. there's a higher learning and understanding to yeah. it. And it's yeah. not rippling out and affecting your life and your day-to-day -day habit. I have had some clearing with some RTT, uh, subconscious therapy, um, again, experimenting for my clients. Like, what is this for? Is this helpful? And got back to some memories that I didn't know, know mm -hmm. at the conscious level and that were profoundly impacting how I was showing up in my life because it had been programmed so early. So I cleared it by going there and spending time there and mm. I'm not afraid of it. And now I also know about it. So, mm. and know like in quotes, cause I don't know, but I know like I'm embodied. Yes. Energetically, <laughs> energetically. You know that that happened. Knowing. Yeah. Um, mm. Is there anybody that you feel like these practices that you specifically teach and work with are not good for is there anybody who's not a good fit um if somebody's you know spaced out on drugs or um really really psychotic um and in an active phase of that psychosis then i wouldn't work with them mm. however you know i have worked with people who have had psychotic episodes who you know who are on antidepressants who are on anti-anxieties um, I tend to look at the person and their experience rather than their label. You know, when people say, have you ever worked with a schizophrenic before? I go, I don't know. I'm, I work with people, mm -hmm. not labels. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. let me talk to them. Let me see what's their experience, what's going on for them. Hmm. Um, okay, last question. What do you think, can you talk a little about how you see trauma or tragedy that happens in this life in terms of is this in your experience with working with so many people mm -hmm. are things repeating throughout lives and we also you also said in the beginning that it took your own sort of trauma in yeah. order to really wake up and make the shifts in your own life so can you talk a little bit about how this happens in our life because i think there's this whole sort of why me that happens when yeah well when we look at it at a soul level and part of the quantum eft workshops that i do is we look at our soul agreements with other people around us um and these soul agreements are always in place because there's something to be learned or something to can be completed there's unfinished business mm -hmm. so everything that i have found that is occurring that is of a negative nature i guess in this life is because it relates back it's occurred in other lifetimes and it's recurred again 
because it hasn't been completed. It hasn't been finished. It hasn't been stepped through. It hasn't been, um, it hasn't had a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. So we need to turn it around and find out why, why do I react this way? Why did I have parents like that? Why did, why, why do I have abusive relationships? Why do I, you know, all of these things, where do they come from? Um, and often we find that we reincarnate in groups, in family groups in particular, and that we've had lots of past lives with other people. Um, you know, people will come into my workshops and say, oh, I've, I've got this love-hate relationship with this person or this person's always there doing this or that. And then you go back and find that, that they were souls in another lifetime and you find the reason for all of why this is occurring and you're able to disconnect that reason. Mm -hmm. And then when shift stuff is shifted in other lifetimes, it naturally shifts for that person in this lifetime as well. Mm -hmm. like there's a really great story in, in the book where there was a lady, you know, I said the lady that went back to England, mm -hmm. um, she came to me because she had um, a problem with her 13-year-old daughter. She said, she hates me. She doesn't mm -hmm. talk to me, you know, all of this. And when we went back to that past life, um, her mother, it was in the war years and her mother, she was very connected with her mother. Her mother was dying and was injured. Um, and at the same time she was pregnant and the soul that was, she was pregnant with was her daughter in this life. And what we found was that she was just in grief and sadness and connection with mother and she wasn't giving any love or attention to the baby. Mm -hmm. And so we cleared all of that. We saw how um, she has many lifetimes with her mother. And then we started sending love to that, that baby and that soul in that lifetime. Well, when she got home, her daughter was completely different to her. Mm -hmm. Um, there was love, there was connection and, you know, we shifted it all from that lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then do you think after we do this work, what happens? Then is that soul, is your client who went through all of that, is she free? What does that mean? Like if we do all of this work in this lifetime, and I know I spend a lot of time thinking about this and, and doing this present work with every relationship, with every tension, trying to, what's the bigger learning? What am I learning from this? But then what? Well, it's about being here and living in joy and knowing that you're a being of light with, mm -hmm. with full free choice, with, with magnificence and um, mm -hmm. being, being, being able to be so much more connected with your higher self, the part of you that is your soul, your divinity. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's about, having heaven on earth, I guess what you mm -hmm. being able to be that divine mm -hmm. human that isn't worried about stuff that isn't stressed about stuff mm -hmm. that is grateful and joyful mm -hmm. in everything that we're able to experience here mm -hmm. as a human being. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. the domestic stuff. One of my healers, we were talking yeah. about it. I said, there seems to be this at odds with like 
being a mom and running my business. And yet, like, mm -hmm. I just want to take my book and head to the hills. And she's like, oh yeah, you were just like, you were probably a monk or a nun. So that's really comfortable for you. And you were probably yeah. a householder and that's mm -hmm. comfortable for you. And in either life, you weren't really happy. So this life is really pushing you to try to embrace it all. <laughs> yeah. Don't and so what I would do with someone <laughs> like that is, is we would look at what's grading you the wrong way. What's, yeah. Where's that the mind? It's me. <laughs> yeah, but it's also going back to the right. you know, where does this come from? Right, um, right. And finding that, you know, I had a lady um, in my last clinical EFT workshop, um, and she's been trying to get pregnant, and um, we touched on something in clinical EFT. And she said, oh, this is coming from past life. I know it. And so I did a quantum EFT session with her. And, um, yeah, she's very connected with her mum and her sister in this lifetime. And it went back to Germany and the, and the gas chambers. And her mum and her sister were her children in that lifetime. And she lost them. And so there, there was this fear of um, and this heartache, this immense heartache of losing children, that it was too hard to have children because the pain of loss was so huge and um, there was other things, lots of um, childbirth deaths, uh, deaths in childbirth and, um, yeah, so there was a whole lot of stuff. So we cleared all of that energy on all those lifetimes where there was loss around babies and children. And then I said, now connect with all the lifetimes where you had positive lifetimes as a mother mm. and the joy and the love as a mother. And mm -hmm. she said, oh, I can see them all lining up. Yeah. And so once we completed that, I said, yeah. can you see that with that energy of loss that you had had, how there's no way that your body would have allowed you to get pregnant again mm -hmm. in this lifetime mm -hmm. with all that, that promise basically at a soul level, that hurt and pain, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, of course. And so we cleared it. Yeah. I think the thing that I really appreciate I just want to say in closing that I really appreciate how you take that the mission of the work is not to do it and let it sit, but is to mm -hmm. do it and then find the mind for the good and the gold mm -hmm. and look for the aspects that we can actually bring to this realm in this world, to our actual humans and our people mm -hmm. and to be with them, to elevate this experience because that, that take is a little different than I've heard before where it's kind of like mm. your Akashic records, learn them. And then it's kind of period. Mm. And I always think, well, then what? Like it's great mm. to know stuff, but what's the purpose of it? And how, why are we doing that? Um, and I love this, this mission that you have to really clear it so that we can pull the more positive aspects or the more heartful aspects. And I'm mm -hmm. also curious because of course, if the brain has this negativity bias, so fascinating that of course we even, again, we're kind of blending science and, and spirit is that mm -hmm. the brain is going to focus on all of these negative experiences that we've had mm -hmm. and yeah. not look for the good and, you know, not look for these the gold, the parts where we did, where we were beautiful healers mm. and mothers and that mm. we lived in this joy state. So I love um, just how you approach it. And I think I'm, I really hope that people who are listening um, reach out and learn more from you and take some classes. In fact, I had some ideas. I'm going to invite you to do some other guest teaching and 
that kind of thing for some of our other classes. So I'll talk to you about that. And hopefully one day you'll come to Washington and we'll be in person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did do a class. I did do, do a class once in um, Washington at mm. um, at my publisher's place, Angela. At Angela's at the castle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was before the castle. Oh. But um, <laughs> yes, I I um I do run an online version of the workshop. Okay. Um, I, have, I haven't got one planned for the second half of the year yet, okay. but I will. But what's um, all your links? Where can people find all of your work yeah, and your writing? Quant- quantumeft.com.au because the au is for australia Uh um i do a personal one-on-one i work with most people by skype or zoom Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can do personal past life regression and quantum eft transform your life program with me you can do package of quantum eft sessions packages of um oh yeah any session that you want with me uh, or just a two-hour past life regression session um and workshops in melbourne and um, i'm actually doing a workshop in the philippines this year too yeah. i've been invited to be a guest speaker there for uh, a conference of guidance counselors yeah. and um i also teach clinical eft in melbourne as well and uh so i the clinical eft stuff is on my jenny johnston mm-hmm. website um, and I have clinical EFT workshops there and um, clinical EFT sessions. And you can book um, free 15-minute chat appointments or, um, or a 30-minute Transform Your Life program interview from my website on any of the pages on my website. You can um, click to Let's Talk Schedule Now and book a time with me. Do you, um, and you work with any ages. This is the other reason I wanted to have you on and share is because we did sailors when she was nine. So what Mm -hmm. are the ages that you work with for parents? Um, Yeah, any age. Um, You know, when I worked with Angela's son, I think he was only eight. And, uh, you know, we went to past life stuff there. We even went to future life. He went to a future life. It was pretty awesome. So, yeah, any child that's open to it, right through to I've worked with people in their 80s that are doing past life stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I look at is that people can't look at their soul stuff, their their higher learning stuff, and if they're in fight or flight, if they're in stress, yeah. if they're in survival mode. So the first thing that needs to be done is to get them out of survival mode, out of that stress automatic reaction. Mm-hmm. I'll fight or flight. I'm not safe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed. I'm I'm powerless. All of that sort of stuff. Once all of that human negative reaction is gone, we're able to then look at well, why why am I really here? Who am I really? Who am I as a soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I didn't know about that future life stuff. That's fascinating. I don't. Oh yeah, that, we I had, had a few people go into that and parallel lives. It's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Um, I'm going to have to look into that and talk more about that. <laughs> um, Jenny, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do in the world. Thank you for showing up and playing your version of big, which is really helping a lot of us um, and really staying on the path. I think it's so incredibly uh, important right now and mm-hmm. um, grateful for knowing you and having you in our life and in our family's life. So thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I hope to hear more, have you on more uh, mm-hmm. and share what you're doing. Okay. 
Thank you so much. And I forgot to say that both those books, Tapping Into Past Lives oh. and Your Past Life Inheritance, are available on Kindle and Amazon. So. Oh, great. So your website and yeah. Amazon. Okay, great. Yeah. So for people yeah. in the States. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jenny. I'll put links to everything you. in the show notes so they'll be able to yeah. just link. Okay. Thanks All so right. much. Thanks. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.